Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 247. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm Steve. Who, who else is here? I'm Ron. I'm John. You all passed the test. You are all correct. Yay! Uh, and we're, we're, we're doing this episode today, I think really to kind of like maybe recap the Oscars or talk about overall reactions to the Oscars, talk about some of the winners, some of the losers, and uh, you know just put Movie Schmovie's thoughts out into the world um because most of the trades are waiting for our feedback before they run their final pieces oh yeah yeah for the uh, oscar coverage for (laughs) the year that was 2019 Mm. Mm. ronald you you sound like a man with strong opinions in your belly how how do you think the oscars went this year um so i you know i kind of had feelings about um Parasite and how much I liked it, and I was very surprised at how receptive the Academy was about it. It's just shocking, to be honest with you. I love that movie, but I had no idea that the Academy would love it as much as they did. It was really cool, man. I kind of felt the same way. Like Parasite kind of went down the middle of being a movie that is uh, artistic and is not the sort of movie that would get made in America, frankly. and then on top of that, it's very easy to get into, and the story really grabs you. So I think that's what makes it special. It's it's kind of been the just magic movie for the better part of the year. You know, back, you know, I guess earlier in the summer, you know, back when it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, you know, it was in in two thousand what two thousand yeah nineteen. Wait, is that right? Yeah, two thousand nineteen. Um, what year is it? Where are and, we? Wait, yeah, what year am I in right now? Yeah, that's right. 2000, 2019, I can. Um, so that, it's just a, it's just like so many firsts for this movie and, and in the industry and, you know, for Hollywood and the Oscars and even the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes. It's just been a movie that people have been kind of championing all year. And like, you know, the movie's like a massive success at the box office, not only you know, in its home country, but also since it's opened in the States, it's like the movie has been slowly making money since it came out, you know, in the fall and, uh, or late summer, early fall. And then, you know, it has continued to do so through the Oscar run. And I I don't know that there's probably in recent memory that there's been a movie that almost, I wouldn't say unanimously, but like anytime you watch coverage for the Oscars, like whether they were talking to celebrities or talking to critics or, just entertainment reporters, whatever it was. Like, I don't know the last time you really got such a consistent answer from people when asked, like, what was your favorite movie this year? Or, like, what movie are you pulling for at the Oscars or whatever? Like, so many people were just praising this film. And and not only the film. I mean, the film is a great movie, which, you know, I've rewatched it since we did our top ten of the year. And, I mean, it, it was much better for me experiencing it on the second viewing, really being able to sit down and enjoy the movie. So... This is a movie that definitely jumped into my top 10 just, you know, after a second viewing. But it's just wild to see such an accessible movie be a foreign language film and a filmmaker who is basically like a fan of 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 cinema. So, you know, he's so outward about his love of film and he's he's just so unfiltered and like that personality of his like just kind of shine through the whole awards campaign. And you just couldn't stop hearing about people talking about their love of not only the movie, which is standalone great on its own, but of him, which is like such a, an, an, it's a good pairing because it, it doesn't feel like just this movie won 
an Oscar for Best Picture, and you know he ended up winning four awards, and it's just like, it's like a real arrival on in 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 America for this filmmaker on a big scale. Um, and, you know, this is somebody who's made a lot of great movies that you know people that watch a lot of movies know about already, but you know to see all these articles coming out about his filmography and like what to watch after you watch Parasite and like the fact that you can watch Memories of Murder now on YouTube for free. It's just like there's such a swell for this filmmaker that it almost feels like like the the entrance of like a voice in film that's going to be around for a long time and is going to have a lot of influence on you know filmmakers throughout the world not just in South Korea which is amazing. No, I agree with all that. Do, do you guys think that um the fact that it won best international film and best picture is that as unusual as I think it is? I've always felt like historically when a movie has won best international feature it's like that means that they're not going to give the best picture to it. Right. Right. And I think it might be the first time that I personally picked a, a number one movie that won Best Picture. Steve, you're the one who keeps the spreadsheet. Maybe you could you could run a comparison. <laughs> but I think, you know, I felt this weird sort of personal attachment to that movie, almost like I voted for a candidate that was elected president or something like that. Um, but I think, right, I think right. the reason that it cuts through the cynicism, I feel, about the Oscars in general is precisely what you said, Steve, that it was like this coming out party for Bong Joon-ho. It, he seems so delighted and so ready for the moment, and he's got this this great wit about it, and he's got this little smile on his face. He just kind of seems like, like you said, one of those people who now is kind of a household name, or he's like a, a meme factory kind of and it's you know i th right, i think right. he might be the sort of person that can survive that transition and probably just do some amazing stuff with more access and more budgets and all that stuff but um he's been doing great so far for sure that's like a bright spot for me in the middle of a a, a situation where sometimes it's hard for me to get that excited about the awards especially when there are so many deserving things that aren't aren't in contention right so what you just said about like the international film or what was foreign language film and the best picture like no, that's not normal, and that's this is like a first, you know, that a foreign language film has won Best Picture, and um, it's just, or I don't know, like it's just amazing that the Oscars kind of felt so different this year, and it, it's kind of crazy to think about, like, you know, had 1917, um, you know, won some of the major awards, like, you know, some people had predicted it too. You know, I, I still, I really enjoyed that movie also, but it just, that feels like a pretty standard movie to win these awards. So, you know, to kind of go from a win last year for Green Book, which, you know, kind of feels that way, to go to a movie like this that is so exciting and people just seem to be rallying around so much. It's just, you know, whatever you feel about the Oscar broadcast in general is one thing, but like just the outcome of the awards ceremony is just... That that movie having the presence that it did um, and making its presence felt so much when, you know, they went up and accepted their awards and you could just feel the audience just completely swelling every time that name was announced. It's just it's amazing. And it's a really good sign maybe of things to come, hopefully, for the Academy and, and maybe what can be made and put out um, in, in American cinemas. And that's just I think that's just exciting. And that's that's my big takeaway from you know, watching them accept all their awards and, and the excitement around them after this award ceremony. Yeah. It's definitely really promising. I'm I'm re I'm really curious to see what's gonna happen next year. Um and what what sort of foreign language foreign I'm sorry, international films will be uh up for awards 
It's it's really interesting, especially since this one was so different than any of the other films in the category. You know, it's like a good combination of drama and comedy and, you know, gets very serious towards the end. I, I think it it's, it's super promising because there's a lot of international films that kind of have genre-bending sort of uh, presentation. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, isn't it interesting, Ronald, how many people, when they talk about this movie, they almost universally say, I don't know what to call it. It's a comedy, yeah, but it's yeah. also kind of a horror movie. And then it turns into like a critique of society, but it's also like a family drama. That tone shifting, I think, is something that he as a director does well, and or at least he does it a lot. Like in Snowpiercer, it was a similar thing. You went from almost like heightened, almost comedic stuff to really grim stuff. Um, and I, I did hear something kind of interesting. This might be just conspiracy theory stuff. Have you heard that Snowpiercer was supposedly kind of shut out in some way that Harvey Weinstein pulled some strings and put some yes. used his clout to kind of stifle that movie's uh, chances no. uh, stateside, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's yeah. I mean, it's out there like, you know, that there, there are battle. Well, so initially the battle over final cut for the movie, uh, once Weinstein company picked up the distribution rights for it, you know, he wanted a nice chunk of the movie to be cut and was basically demanding that there be more, scenes or sequences with Chris Evans characters uh, in the film. But I think ultimately, you know, they kind of fought over it. And um, I can't remember exactly how the distribution ended up happening, but I know they both like basically Weinstein took a cut that he made or whoever he helps made. Um, they, they test screened basically both cuts like his and Bong's cut of the movie and Bong scored higher so, you know, they basically were able to go with that. Um, so he was able to keep that theatrical cut. Um, but ultimately, you know, Weinstein kind of screwed him because he removed the distribution from Weinstein Company down to that radius division that they had. Um, it, was like a, it was like a step down in terms of like the distribution um, it was like Radius TWC or whatever it was called. It didn't get a national nationwide release like it was supposed to. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, he basically like kind of chastised the movie by removing it from a na- nationwide release, bumping it down to Radius. Um, but I think ultimately that's where Bong Joon-ho met uh, somebody that's now with Neon who ultimately led to, you know, working with them for Parasite. So... You know, while that movie may have suffered from it, I think, you know, ultimately it created a relationship that, you know, led him to a distribution house that really treated Parasite the way, you know, it should have been treated. And from that point on, like, there's some really great interviews with him on some podcasts that I'm sure we all listen to where he basically is like, from that point on, you know, it's like I knew I had to work in that I have final cut of the movie and all that good stuff. So it's like it's a learning experience for him, obviously, Um but something that obviously netted a lot of good results for him for the movies that followed, including Okja on Netflix um, and now Parasite. So uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of the typical bullshit story of, of Harvey and you know the the his demands on how movies need to end up and he, him knowing how people are and you know whatever. But it's just uh, ultimately you're just happy that you know they ended up making the movie that they did. I guess that's wild, man. Yeah. Uh, the Host is actually one of my favorite movies of his. So I think we may have talked about it a couple years ago, maybe. 
but yeah, yeah the host yeah. is definitely one of my favorites that he's done. Yeah, that's an amazing like little creature movie. I remember when I used to be at Allied, like I uh, I think it was Magnolia that put that out, maybe. But um, I was one of the studios that I I was I handled here in Baltimore. So like I remember being able to see that movie early and like show that to film critics and everybody just being like crazy about it. So it was definitely like a, a exciting time. Like when I was in my you know early in my career working for that marketing company that I actually got to like work on that movie. So knowing who he was then and just knowing that it would be you know he'd be somebody that eventually people would know a lot more about. That's another one that is such a cross-genre thing because you kind of think you know what it is based on the log line or just the back of the box or whatever. And then when you see it, it's this different kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like it's it has yeah, this yeah. weird it has weird elements mixed in with what would be a, a pretty cool monster movie if, it that, if that's all it was. But I remember thinking that was, you know, it's one of those movies where just the unexpected kind of like, oh, who dies and who ends up being more of a main character and what the real story is. Yeah. Are, are there any particular losses that really stung you guys or that you thought people should have gotten that they didn't get? I didn't have much of a strong opinion about about anything in that way, but I'm, I'm sure that there are some some hurt feelings out there was who got robbed uh i thought once upon a time in hollywood should have gotten more love uh, for what category i don't know but it, i just definitely think in general it should have got more love yeah brad pitt winning is kind of incredible though but yeah besides that i i, I just think overall the movie was pretty great and uh you know this should have gotten more love no, I th- I think if you'd asked me when it came out what its chances were, I would have thought, yeah, there's, it could sweep in a way. Right. That's one of my favorite Tarantino films. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. It seems like the voters are pretty fickle. But did you read some of those articles coming out before the ceremony of like what some of the <laughs> yeah. what some of the voters were saying their reasoning was for not voting for some of the movies? Yeah. And it just was the most like stick in the mud. It made me suddenly care about it. And I was just like, well, I had no idea that I couldn't wait for all these old fuckers to die. But now I, I can't wait. <laughs> like, because they're just, everything they said was awful. Everything they said about why they weren't voting for certain movies was like, I just didn't like how he really seemed to be trying too hard. He really seemed to be going for it, really wanted it. Like talking about, I think, yes. Adam Sandler. Or like, and then like uh, Greta Gerwig, they said about Little Women that they didn't, they didn't want to, they didn't like having to figure out the timeline. They thought that it was overcomplicated. The movie didn't need to be so twisty. Right. And right. I, I will say that there were moments where that timeline kind of messed with me. But I don't know if that's not part of the structure of that movie that makes it cool because we've seen Little Women before. It's been done before. Um, this one, this one sure. was kind of made interesting by the the nonlinear thing. I think at least that was part of her um, approach. So yeah, if you don't like that, then maybe don't. Don't act like you like the movie, but don't act like the movie was is bad because it was too complex for you. That just sounds right. so old. Yeah, just go away. Just <laughs> I, it, it really drives me crazy that they don't have to watch the movies and they can just have these these bizarre opinions. Yeah, yeah. I also think that like people are very dismissive about the plot line of Jojo Rabbit. I mean, like I I I heard in a bunch of things like people kind of tweeting like a movie about adolf hitler why would i watch you know it's just like right i can yeah, just look no, up look it up man like why are people so dismissive of i don't know so sometimes i'll i'll think man uh, american audiences are much more sophisticated than we lead on and then i'll hear something like that and i'm like oh maybe I get why things are marketed the way that they are. Well, some people really complain about Jojo Rabbit having like a tin ear for the culture right now. And I think people don't like that it 
that it pays homage to this idea that that you, we should spend any time telling the story of a sympathetic little boy who wants to be a Nazi. But I think Taika Waititi's job as a as like the kind of filmmaker that he is is to do things that feel like he's pushing certain limits or like he's at least doing something that people might not expect from him where he's coming from as an indigenous person of jewish descent is is not a place of thinking this is all a big joke right i mean i guess that is problematic or risky or experimental to say that he's going to make a movie right now that that is you know going to flat out have characters that we know are nazis but who we are led to feel compassion for or we are led to think oh well the sam rockwell nazi he's not the worst nazi i've ever seen he seems like an all right kind of nazi some people don't want that you know they don't want their real world mixed in with something kind of whimsical almost and i don't really blame people for being put off by that but i, I did love his win um and I think it's cool that he's another guy who now is like a household name. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's, yeah, yeah. he's another yeah. person that everybody just wants to hug and, and smell. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, the Brad win, the Taika win, those were pretty exciting for sure for me. Um, yeah, it's like all of our big time crushes are winning. This is a nice... Uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah it's like give, giving some attention to them. Um, Did you see Taika talking about uh, Apple keyboards? Yeah. <laughs> The reason I love that is because I have developed like a shoulder thing that's turned into an elbow thing and it sometimes is a wrist thing. And when he was saying that, it made me realize, oh my God, I am sitting at my desk with my hands in front of me in this weird way. <laughs> Maybe Apple will widen their keyboard. I don't know how you could fix it, frankly. <laughs> like not on a laptop anyway, but I guess the one that I have for my computer could be wider and that would be more comfortable. I thought that was funny. They asked him a question. I don't think they thought he was going to go there. You know, it was some question about writing, and he, he started talking about Apple needs to fix their keyboards. <laughs> what are, what were some other wins that you were happy with? I mean, I was happy to see Toy Story win, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I really like Toy Story. And I mean, I think for it to, again, be only the second sequel to win an animated, you know, best animated feature, the other one being Toy Story 3, like... I just it just kind of solidifies. I mean, no one's really questioning it, but it solidifies, you know, how important those movies are. And um, I mean, as much as I loved How to Train Your Dragon three, like that would have been a really fun upset for me. But I think also it's just seeing Toy Story win is just a special thing because those movies mean a lot to a lot of people and to a generation. Yeah. And if if that's the last one, I don't know if it will be. Who knows? But I mean, um, it feels like it uh, is maybe. But um, that was kind of like, because there was a lot of talk about like the two Netflix movies possibly upsetting it. The uh, Klaus film and um, what Lost My Body, I think it's called. Um, which I haven't, I, admittedly, I've only seen Klaus, so I didn't see the other one. But I mean, I, I wouldn't have like been upset, but it was just kind of like a nice thing to be able to see that movie's relevance still there. And, um, you know people voting you know this is a voted award so i mean the love for the franchise is still there which is which is pretty exciting too yeah i, th I you know i like laura dern a lot so I'm, I'm happy for her to have a big moment she does seem to be in a moment now where everybody loves her too you know it seems like there's a lot of people that are sort of yeah. like just they've done a certain amount of work and i don't know if that is one of those sort of career oscars that you get but um you know she does seem to be pretty savvy about what roles she takes and she stays in the public eye a lot you know she does a lot of stuff so i liked seeing that yeah she's a great actress man yeah i'm always excited to see her on screen 
I was I was uh I was kind of excited. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but I was kind of excited to see Ford versus Ferrari get a little love because I feel like on a technical level, um, you know, like editing wise, and I think it won like one of the sound categories. I think that's pretty, like, uh, uh, earned for that film. I, I actually really like that movie. Um, so I was pretty happy to see that pick up uh, something or some sort of. That was the interesting thing. I feel like one of the big takeaways and. You guys can let me know how you feel about this. It, it seems like even though Parasite really did, that was like the dominant force for the night. You know, somebody, a film winning four awards, it, it just kind of let a lot of awards get spread out a little bit. Like a lot of different movies won awards, whether, you know, it was some of the lower end categories or the higher ones. Like Renee Zellweger winning for Judy. I, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. I mean, she's really good in that movie, but it just seems like there's other performances that you know, probably should have been in that category, but just the fact that a different movie won, you know what I mean? Like you have Joker, you have, you know, Little Women winning something, you have Joker, I mean, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Once Upon a Time, you have, you know, a lot of different movies, Four vs. Ferrari, you know, 1917, like you're talking about like upwards of a dozen different films winning, you know, the above the line categories for the ceremony, which is, I think that's kind of cool, you know, because people that had never heard some of these names announced on a tele, like on, you know, prior to this telecast, it's like, oh, you know, let me find that movie. Because even if it won something like editing or sound mixing, like there's something to really be said about, you know, anybody taking an award home from this ceremony. So I, I really like that, actually, that, you know, there wasn't a movie this year that I feel like I was like banging the drum for that was nominated um, like across the board. But it was cool at the end of the night to, to see a lot of different creators and filmmakers and actors and, you know, to be able to get up there to talk about their craft or to talk about just winning, you know, and their, their, their moment of acknowledgement. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is kind of an interesting spread when, when you look at it, like that it, it, there are and, and some of those acknowledgements are good. Like you would want if that movie's going to get uh, an award, you'd think, well, okay, Renee Zellweger's performance really should be the focal point of why that movie is in the conversation. Right. So I do think there were some appropriate wins. Right. What did you think of Joaquin and his speech? Like, I feel like that's another win that nobody begrudges, even though people were varied in their reaction to that movie. I think one thing everybody said is that he's acting his uh, face off in, <laughs> in that movie. So like you can't really take it away from him. But uh, what did you think of his speech? I thought it was actually one of those moments where I'm like, I'm kind of glad somebody, I like it when people take a moment to, to say something that they want the world to hear. I liked it. Um, he's one of those people I, I'm genuinely, I genuine, genuinely believe he's uncomfortable with fame. Like he's he, his reaction to things for years has been very like, please don't. <laughs> celebrate me too yeah. much it's about the art less about me and it's really interesting man he's been pretty consistent with the message for a really long time and him kind of pushing diversity and understanding is is it was the right time and it, it would be i don't know i think it has to come from a white dude right because <laughs> we you know that at this point you know, uh, the adjustments that have kind of been made with the award show. It's weird, man. You could come into this award show this year and think, man, this this is a pretty balanced thing, right? But, you know, for years, it's it's not been balanced at all on any level. Any people of color really winning any big prestigious awards. And we had, uh, you know, Parasite win the way that it did. And even 
an international film winning on the level that it won is just, it is pretty insane. But it had to be said, and I'm glad it, it came from Joaquin. Well, you know, the only thing I heard, and I do think this is interesting, because he kind of did the whole... He did. The, he ran the whole gamut of humanity in his sort of speech, except for he didn't mention disabled people. Yeah, I do think that's like an unfortunate omission because I'm sure he would have included that if he had right, right. if he had thought to. But to me, talking about uh, animal rights is sort of like I think that's one of those little. Uh, I don't think we've yet begun to deal with what humanity is going to suffer at some point because of either a dependence on meat or. Uh, whatever may happen because of the, like what we might find out about animals and their psychology that might make it even worse. Right, right. They did let him go on a really long time. I will say that. It was a pretty, it was, I, I almost was surprised it went on uh, for that long. But I, I don't know, did, did they not have the same adjustments in place for the playing people off? I wasn't really timing the speeches, but I didn't get the sense that people were getting played off quite as much uh, as in the past. I don't think anybody did. I think. Uh, they almost played off Parasite at the end, and they like had them put the mic. Oh back yeah, up. the light went out and all that stuff. Yeah, and the, and the, and the mic went down into the stage. <laughs> I that was nuts. They turned the lights oh. off and they started playing Patsy Cline, <clears throat> you know, which is how you let people know it's time to leave the party. Um, no, nah, I mean, I, I thought Joaquin's speech was really good. It, it kind of felt like it was kind of getting lost a little bit towards the end, like where he was going with it. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm all for, you know, you, you have a moment, say what you want to say, like, even if, you know, has nothing to do with your role or who, who had it, like you, you've worked your career to win that moment and it's yours. So take it like, I, I'm, I'm all about that. So, and, um, there's a lot to be learned from what he said. So I, I like that. And, um, I like him kind of even mentioning river at the end, which I thought was yeah, really nice. Was nice. And, um, that's, you could, you know, that, that really kind of for a certain generation, that that means something, you know, a lot actually, because like you know, who knows what could have happened with River Phoenix and who he could have come. Little did anybody think that it'd be like his little brother that would be like the powerhouse that he is now. Um, so that was kind of cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I thought like most of the acceptance speech. I thought Renee Zellweger's kind of went, went a little wild. I, I feel a lot of a lot of her speeches this ward season have been a little <clears throat> a little weird, but. Um, I agree with Ronald. Like, he definitely seems like he's kind of like, you know, I don't know. He just he he just seems so uncomfortable doing everything that has anything to do with, you know, these award shows. And I just think that, uh, I just think that, you know, he just gets up there and says what he wants to say. And whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter to him at all because he doesn't really care either way, you know? Right. But, um, I don't know. I, I kind of was getting at, at this a little earlier, like talking about like, you know, being excited for Parasite, but like overall, like, did you think that the, like the, the broadcast itself, like the award ceremony itself was good or anything special? Or did you enjoy the, the number of like musical performances? Did you enjoy, like, what did you guys think about the overall flow and just like the production of the of the awards in, in general outside of any wins or movie titles, just like the production itself. Um, I think it was one of the better ones I've seen in a really long time. And I think that kind of has to do with like, um, the opening, which, which opened up the crowd a little more seeing Janelle Monet do her thing. And, um, I enjoyed all the musical performances with the exception of Elton John. Uh, I, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if, 
his singing voice is quite there anymore. I don't know. I felt a little yeah. weird about that. And uh, random Eminem performance. Uh, what was that? Yeah, that was interesting. What the hell was? What What is that related to? Like, what? It, what's the context? I'm. I'm. I was so confused. You know, I think it was just like a surprise because like when he was nominated and won an Oscar like 17 or 18 years ago, like he pretty famously wasn't there and he didn't attend and he didn't accept the award and he didn't perform the song, but he won. Yeah. So I don't know if this was any kind of like, you know, everything's good. Let's just, if you want to come and do it, come and do it kind of thing. I don't, it still felt really random and, you know, people have been talking about that and you could tell a lot of people's. Everybody that, or a lot of people they were cutting to during the performance um, seemed a little confused, but um, I thought it was pretty cool, honestly. Like, you know, having not being able to see the performance back when it won was kind of a bummer, and him not being there to accept the fucking Oscar was kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, I thought it was cool, but that's definitely what it was for simply the fact that he never, you know, that he never acknowledged it or got it or performed it or anything like that right, right. it kind of seems like once you've gotten an oscar you're kind of in the club and they can bring you back in it's like right. being on saturday night live or something you can pop in for a sketch if you want to and people shouldn't be that weirded out by it i mean i what say what you will about the performance or you know his whether he's relevant anymore or whatever people want to criticize about him and i think that i saw a lot of shit being slung at him uh on on social media but i also saw a lot of people saying oh wow that was great so i think he's just one of those guys who like some people are going to be happy to see him pop back up, and some people want to forget him, it seems. But the emphasis on music is one of the ways they get around having the central host figure who carries you through the evening. And, um, you know, I, I feel the same way I did last year. I, feel, I just like to see the show a little bit different. It makes it a little bit more watchable. It's always a little long. Um, it's always a little boring <laughs> in spots. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like it's weird because, like, they get away from the host and they kind of keep the flow going and like kind of mix it up with all these performances or like even last year and this year opening with some sort of musical number it's it's almost like you know they're they're it's feeling more and more like the grammys and the grammys are not a high rated tv show so like the, the i not that i didn't enjoy the musical numbers and i get like that being the logic of you know having them mixed in a little more frequently um but I don't know. I feel like it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about the music stuff. Like I love the, I love the acknowledgement for the songs. But I don't know, the additional performances and like or you know performing the full song from the nominee or something like that. Like I don't know that that's really what I think would be the. I don't know the solution. I feel like at at a point during the ceremony, I kind of felt like the performances were like. I was like disconnecting a little bit. I felt like maybe around like the Elton John performance or something like that, who I enjoy, but yeah, I just kind of was like checking out during a lot of these performances and like taking that opportunity to go get something from the kitchen or something like it wasn't, I wasn't watching them actively. Like I was watching, you know, the presentations or like some of the montages or whatever, whatever there was, you know, otherwise, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of thought the ceremony was pretty good. Like I, I, I just kind of felt like it felt long to me. You know, they're 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 long every year, but it's just I don't know something about this year. It did feel longer to me. It's never been like what you would call a good television show. <laughs> right, right, right. The Elton John thing was was another one of those career wins yeah, because for sure. that's not one of his best songs, and it was not a very good performance. But I mean, whatever. It was, 
It was questionable. Um, <laughs> a musical bright spot for me was uh, Cynthia Arrivo. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she's I mean, got a great voice. She sounded great. I thought. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was incredible. No, that, that, that's one of the things that stands out to me. She seems like another person who's kind of having a moment. She's arrived. People know are starting to know her name too. So that's another great. That's like Bong Joon Ho and Taika Waititi and everybody. You know, the, those people that are sort of becoming iconic to people uh, right now. Right, right, right. The crazy thing about her, man, is like she's one win away from an EGOT. Yeah. Yes. That's insane. God, it's wild. She's so talented. Have you been watching The Outsider, Ronald? No. Okay. Well, you ought to. I think. I I think I'm like <laughs> sick of... I, I think I get into this like kid getting killed thing. I'm like, I, I can't do this again. <laughs> I need to take a break. I feel like I watched a lot of those. and I was Well, like, it, it has less to do with that particular thing than you might think. It's got like a web of okay. weird shit that spirals out. Like that's definitely there, but like that's that's not the full extent of it. It's... uh. But yes, if you don't want any of that, right. you definitely should avoid it because it's there. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean, Steve? It's like they, they don't really dwell on that. They talk about it and it's gruesome, but they don't. Uh, that's not like every week you're seeing pictures of chewed up kids or anything. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, it's it's pretty brief. But I mean, it's 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 kind of shadow. It, it's sh- the, the, the yeah, that opening episode's shadow is kind of cast over the entire series. But yeah, it moves on from that pretty quickly. I don't know anything else from anything, anything that you guys want to talk about with the Oscars or. I mean, how did you feel the sort of uh, like the comedy bits, the the presenters? Was there anything that really hit a wrong note for you, or that you liked about the the that part of it? I uh, I mean, I really liked. Uh, I mean, every year I like anything that Maya Rudolph has anything to do with at these award shows, and I thought her and Kristen Wiig's bit was great. I liked I I liked the opening thing with Steve Martin and Chris Rock. Um. The Will Ferrell, Julia Weaves Dreyfus thing was a little stale to me. Yeah, it um, fell flat. Yeah, it kind of didn't. It, especially in after Maya and Kristen Wiig's yeah. bit like was way better. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like, oh, oh, they're funny too, right? And I was like, eh, maybe not so much. Not with this bit of yeah. this. Well, we know they're um, great and we love them. Right. I can think of times when funny people have come out and had just a really poor bit to, uh, um, to sell. And that kind of felt like that. Stale is the right word, I think. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Those are the ones that kind of stood out, like comedy-wise. I mean, um, for me at least. What about you guys, Ronald? What did, you, did anything stand out like presenters? I mean, Zazzy Beats. <laughs> I mean, come on. Forget come on. For, forgetting the forgetting the uh, guy's name. Yeah, and also being amazing. <laughs> I, 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 well, that helps. That that, that helps you overlook uh, her nerve, I guess. Her nerves. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, she's a, she's pretty incredible. Yeah, she is, man. I almost think they could just run montages all night and then just pop up with an award and then run montages because <laughs> everyone loves montages, right? We all love those. Yeah, for for sure. I got to tell you, it was like one of the first awards. I think it was like right for best supporting actor. I had a mild heart attack when they were like, you know, they they go through, they have the presenter come out, they say, hey, blah 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 blah, this is the nominees for best supporting actor in a major motion picture, or whatever. And they do this like whole montage demo reel of like the actor and it shows like their name, the movie. So when they come out of that and then the presenters then proceed to read the nominees' names out loud again. That that drives me crazy. I looked away from the TV for like a second to like go pick something up in the corner of the room. And the first and like and this is Brad's category, obviously, and I'm like 
I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna get it. I'm so excited. I like, I'm bent down to get something, and and they read Tom Hanks, and I'm like, what the fuck? And and then everybody, like Lauren and Aaron, are laughing at me because like it was just the nominee list again. But to me, <laughs> these th- these bigger categories were like you're saying like here are the nominees for best supporting actor, and it shows a reel and it shows their name, and then you come out of it and say the nominees again it was like so weird that in those major categories like where they had the montages of clips that they did that and i don't know man like that that right off the jump threw me for a loop and it happened like two more times in some of the acting categories it just like i forgot that they did that and once again i was like what (laughs) you know whoever like you know one best actor what and i was like oh oh, they're just reading the names again never mind like that was kind of It'd be weird great if you really overreacted and like punched a hole in the wall or knocked the table over <laughs> or something you know <laughs> oh wait no oh gosh sorry guys yeah i've already covered that hole yeah. with spackle so <laughs> we're <hope> cool so. <laughs> brad could probably hop up there and spackle the wall for yeah. you take his shirt off yeah he could i i will i will hire brad um any day, and I, I will be sure not to hire the people that you worked with for no, your don't, basement. Don't H- hire like a guy who can parkour up to the roof. Uh. <laughs> if you learn one thing from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's like that should be your yes. first qualifier if you're a home contractor. It's crazy. I mean, the year the year's over, man. I mean, you know, for for better, you know, from in most opinion, I mean, like it's like on to the next year. I mean, granted, we haven't done the Schmovie Awards, which is the real end of the year. But do you think it should be a? Do you think it should be a summertime award show like the MTV Movie Awards? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we do it like when in the worst time of the year and just kind of like start a trend. So then everybody's going to start doing their award shows at that time. <laughs> we of the we year. have it in November when we yeah, haven't seen Perfect. like any of the you know big prestige movies when, of the year yet. When we completely exclude everything that will be nominated at the Oscars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that like, you know, we talk about it every year and like, I, you know, we all get so excited. I, I just go nuts for all the awards talk and everything. And it's like, it's just over and it's just over, you know, it's like on, on to the movies that come out every week now for the next couple of months where maybe we'll get like a couple of decent movies, but you wait till April for some of the big guns to come out, the big summer movies. But hopefully we, you know, between now and then we have a couple exciting movies to talk about and you know maybe there'll even be a couple that kind of stand the test of the year and end up on our lists for next year or maybe even can be president next year's academy awards yeah did have you guys seen anything good lately anything new no No. i I saw something not new i saw ready or not finally and i really liked it so that was good you just saw it oh yeah yeah I just saw that, and I also oh, just started watching Castle Rock on Hulu, So, and that's pretty good. So I'm yeah. having fun with that stuff, but I'm not watching anything new. I want to go see yeah. Birds of Prey. I, I feel bad that it's doing badly. I always, I always hate that when a movie is kind of tanking at the bottom, not tanking, but underperforming, and um, I am unable to go see it because I, yeah, I fully am interested in that, and I've heard nothing but like at least semi-positive things. Some people are really loving it, and some people are just saying, well, it was too much for me, but it had some cool elements, so no. And I, I think that whole right, thing about the right. title being changed is crazy. I guess that's worth mentioning. Like, that's a pretty rare thing for it to happen in its theatrical run. You know, like um, Edge of Tomorrow, or was that the name of it? That got changed to Live, Die, Repeat, yeah. and was also called something else. <clears throat> yeah. It got changed when it got released on home video, right? But not not while it was in the theater. Right. Yeah. And right. then All You Need Is Kill was the name of the script, right? So that's another better title. Right. Yeah. 
That's a great movie. It is. I love that. Are they movie. still doing a sequel to that? Is that still coming? That's. I, th- I. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, last I heard, it was happening. But yeah, it is interesting. Like I haven't seen Birds of Prey yet, but I mean, from the jump, like the marketing for that movie. I mean, the whole the whole rollout of that movie's been so weird. Like, even going with that title to begin with, I think it was a big mistake. And not that it can make or break a film's performance, but I mean, when you don't have, I don't know, like you don't have the property. Or the or the groundwork to like possibly launch a Harley Quinn standalone movie, like why would you uh, you know uh, you know consciously decide on a title that has seventy four syllables in it and most people don't even get to the end of it where it actually says the name Harley Quinn. You know what I mean? Like it's just weird that that would even be a decision that someone would say yes to. Like let alone Margot Robbie, who's like a driving force behind this movie and this franchise and like her production company is behind this movie. And, you know, she's all about this character and, and, you know, and I'm all about it too. Like I really liked her as Harley Quinn. I liked that character in Suicide Squad. It's like one of the only things I, I enjoyed about that movie, but it was just so weird to me that they named that movie or named this film, what it was at release. And you know what they changed it to this week. I mean, it's, it's silly, but it makes so much more sense. You know, and if the marketing had that in it, I think this movie would have performed better for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. No, it's it's weird when movies are titled poorly, um, like Birds of Prey uh, and Doctor Sleep. When when you can kind of like point to a movie's performance and go, you know what? I think if people had been clearer on what on what this was trying to be, they they might have been more interested. Right. And you can't, yeah, you can't say that's actually what what makes or breaks it. But when something underperforms, you certainly, I think, can look at a. A weird name or a muddled marketing campaign and go like well guys <laughs> who's getting fired yeah no totally i mean you know oh you have a birds of prey television series that was like what on like wb or something a few years back and was and failed so okay let's take the one great property from suicide squad spin it off put her in the movie put her on the poster but not put her name in the title or at least the portion of the title that's going to be on every poster and that everybody's going to see when they pull the movie up in their ticketing app or like when they're looking for a trailer, like that just seems like such a weird thing that they would like, not that they would have birds of prey in this film. Cause that seems pretty logical from what I've heard about what they intend right. to do with the franchise. If it continues, that's actually pretty smart and a good idea, but to call it something where, you know, this untested and, and I'm even, even you make a claim that like it failed on TV, mm-hmm. you know, to have a birds of prey property, like to put that as the title and you know, just kind of, she's buried at the end of the title, or the you know, the subtitle, or whatever you call that. Like it's, that's just a weird thing to me. And for all the marketing to be revolving around that, and to not really be all about Harley Quinn, who is the reason you're making this film. I mean, for from a financial standpoint, it's just it's just odd. I mean, it helps that the movie didn't have a huge budget. Like I think internationally, it's already made its budget back. But there's a lot of money that goes in to P and A that you know, may not be recovered. This movie may end up being a loss. I don't know. But that's, and that's crazy if it is, because that just seemed like a no brainer to make this movie and to have it be, you know, one of these, you know, late winter, you know, late winter hits that is a reason to just print money, you know, for the, for the studio. You could call it Harley Quinn colon birds of prey. Couldn't you, if you have to do that? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I also think you do Harley Quinn and it's just like the birds of prey are formed in this. And then you do another movie. Now people know who all the other characters are. They see the poster with everybody on it. They don't care that it doesn't say Harley Quinn because they know who Huntress or whoever else is in this movie, you know, is because it seems like a good cast. And it seems like 
DC has kind of turned a corner with that tonal problem they were having, and they're making these movies that can be their own thing. But I, I find it a little strange that anyone who really wants to see the movie would have somehow missed what it was called. But also, I wonder if people were just not as interested in that movie based on the way it was being marketed or, or not. I, I, I always assumed there was this huge, like, audience that was ready for that movie, but maybe not. I, yeah, I don't think so. Okay, so I mean, I mean, at least in the sense that like it wasn't like a surefire thing. I think that people that wanted to see a Harley Quinn movie just off the jump maybe went and saw it. But I think that right. you know, also coming off Suicide Squad, like a lot of people don't like that movie, and you know, I think a big part of the marketing, especially long lead marketing, like they pretty famously like missed a lot of the conventions. They weren't at Comic Con last year. They didn't premiere anything for the movie until the Comic Con in Brazil, and like you know. They missed a lot of opportunities to kind of get the word out about this movie in early phases of their marketing, and and let alone when they actually launched the marketing. I think the marketing being geared around this Birds of Prey brand, it was just like a, I think it was just a miss. I mean, you know, that mm-hmm. decision from the jump to, of what to call the movie is one thing, and that's a mistake I think. But the even the marketing, the titles, the SEO, even on the web, on the internet, like all of this stuff feeds into people's awareness. You know, mainly people that maybe didn't. No, they wanted to see a Harley Quinn movie. You know, they could have found this movie a different way or found Margot Robbie if they're fans of her or found any of the other actresses in, or actors in this movie. But I just think that, you know, it the, there's some poor decision making in, in the marketing for the movie that I think hurt the movie to the point that I don't know that changing the title is going to help it. Maybe. Maybe it will if it actually has legs. Because like you said, John, like I've heard good things about it. Like it's got like a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Like... It's cinema score is like a B plus. It's post track is like I think an eight out of ten or something like that. Like it's got a lot of positive tracking out of the theater, but the box office just was not there. So if it's got legs and word of mouth and people are helping tell friends and family and word of mouth about this Harley Quinn movie, not a Birds of Prey movie, and then they retitled it to match that word of mouth, it's possible that that will help it or help its legs. But it's it's kind of a bummer because I love her and I love what she's doing with the production company and I like her character I like this character with her, um, but yeah I still need to check it out I'm anxious to see it hopefully I get to see it um, maybe the week after we get back from vacation but um, maybe it'll be a different title by then I have to look it up <laughs> yeah you know I guess I had sort of forgotten the whole Suicide Squad element of how people generally would be thinking why would I go see a sequel to a movie I didn't like. Um, and that maybe being one of the more liked things of a movie that people sort of didn't like. Right. It's does it's not enough to just give you this whiff of this character and say, aren't you glad she's back? Um, so, you know, even though she seems to be in that neighborhood of kind of like a Deadpool-like sort of Bugs Bunny-ish yeah. character yeah. Who's, who's like at an angle to the, to the world that you're used to. But um, I had sort of forgotten that Suicide Squad might be dampening the hopes for this movie. If, if it seems like more of that, maybe some people didn't want to see it just sight unseen but who knows maybe it'll kind of live on in in some form because i do think word of mouth helps a movie like that eventually you know yeah. find 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 people to watch it whether it can kind of save its performance enough to lead to whatever whatever success level they need it to have for this to be what maybe they were intending which i'm sure was meant to kind of kick off a a bunch of movies but um no she is great and yeah. i guess that's that is one reason why i would hope for that movie to succeed is just because i i like that it's kind of her baby for sure uh yeah man that's all I, yeah i haven't seen much this this in th- theaters this year so far uh I, I i think i don't know i think we mentioned it i liked i really like bad boys for life um and i've watched like some streaming movies you know that have been digital releases on netflix and whatnot but 
Yeah, nothing really that I've seen too much of in theaters. I, I do still want to try to catch a couple of movies before they leave theaters. I've already missed some that didn't perform well that are already out of theaters, which I'm bummed about. But um, hopefully I can catch a couple of them once uh, we get back from vacation. But um, the, the year is definitely off to a slow start for me, for, for me personally. Ronald, is there anything you're about to go see or that you want to go see? Or do you don't you don't see any movies in your future? This weekend, I'm probably going to see the Photograph, Issa Rae's movie, and uh, Birds of Prey. Those are my two that I'm, I'm going to look out for. Nice. Let us know what you think. You guys got anything else? Yeah, I think that's it for me. I think that's it for me. Like I said, I'm, I'm uh, watching Castle Rock. And I'm uh, also we started our we kind of finally started this Lost rewatch we've been talking about for a while. So I, I just watched the first episode of Lost, and man, that's fucking good. Oh man, that pilot <laughs> is, like, is oh, it's like flawless, man. It's so good. Like knowing what happens with the characters too, they set up things. That certain characters have moments and lines that they have that actually play into stuff those characters deal with yeah. over the course of their arc. Yeah, and of course, a lot of that is like retroactively made to fit that. But seeing who's the cast, like a merge from that first episode yeah. is really kind of cool. Like yeah. at the end, you get when they're all looking at the forest and they're hearing the noise of the smoke monster, um, uh, the, 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 the group that's standing there is like the assembled group of people that you've kind of spotted yep. throughout, the, throughout the episode. It's just a cool moment because you look at you go, oh yeah, that's pretty much everybody right there. And the only person that's not there is Sawyer. We've seen him, but he's kind of just off by himself. So I'd forgotten how long it takes him to become like part of the group, but right. that also was kind of fun. So right. no. Um, I'm sure I'll get to the parts where it's like, ah, this has fallen off. And some of those flashbacks started to get a little tiresome after a while. But once they realized they were ending the show and they shifted into like a different gear, I think that, uh, lost, you know, stayed pretty strong for me all the way through. Definitely. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that's all, that's all, uh, TV. That's all sitting at home. I need to go see something on the big screen. I guess <laughs> I'll just see birds of prey soon. I still need to see 1917 as well. So I'm, uh, there's a few big ones that I got to catch, but yeah, I don't know when. Cool. Well, then that'll be it for this episode. Uh, you can find us at movieshmovie.com, facebook.com slash movieshmovie. And, uh, uh, you know, if you if you subscribe or whatever platform you subscribe from um, for this podcast, if you're listening right now, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a review or some sort of star rating, we'd appreciate it. Um, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Um and we'll try to stick to these every every two-week plan that we kind of committed to at the beginning of the year. And hopefully we can keep that going through the year. It's going to be our best year ever. It I'm is. calling it now. Best year ever. <laughs> um, well, if you guys are good, let's just say, as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.